Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Ah, oh, hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. My name is David Bell. Uh, my name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott S- Pilgrim Scott? versus the Scott world. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I don't know why we're saying it like that, but I love it. Who knows? Who knows, man? Scott Pilgrim! Prepare to feel the wrath of the League of Evil Exes. Ramona dated twins. At the same time. If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Combo! Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? Uh, it's Thursday. Um, and, you know, to kick off Halloween, I guess we're doing this movie. Um, this is brought to you by um, our Patreon producer, Lef, L-E-F, mm-hmm. solid name, uh, good and sturdy. Thank you so much. Indeed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your support and for bringing us this movie, a movie that uh, I, I appreciate when people pick movies like this because... I mean, mind you, I like it when they pick the weird indie ones, too, because mm-hmm. then I get to watch them. But this is a movie everybody's seen, you know? Uh, and everybody yeah, most people, I think. A- most people who listen to our podcast have probably seen this. Yeah, it's an, it's an Edgar Wright film. It's uh, got a bunch of people in it. Uh, you, you know the film. And um, I, I, I got to ask you, Tom, knowing the answer, but I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what did you, you've seen this movie before, right? So have I. Uh, yeah, I've seen this movie no probably two or three times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same here. What did, What do you think about it? I don't like this movie. Yeah. Um, this movie is like, it's like a Spider-Man three or like a Dark Knight Rises for me. Um, mm-hmm. and that I went into it just with, uh, really excited and, right. uh, every time, and I left disappointed, uh, extremely so. And every time I rewatch this movie for like the first two thirds, I always think this, and I do the same thing with Spider-Man three or dark Knight rises. I'm like, maybe I was too hard on this movie. And then the last chunk of the movie happens. And then I remember, no, I was exactly right about this movie. <laughs> So I have a few questions. Sure. Are you telling me the first two thirds of Spider-Man 3 are good? No, no. It's, it's, it's less than that for Spider-Man 3, for sure. Yes. Uh, I guess it is. I know what you mean with Spider-Man 3, where there are moments in that film. So you're like, oh, yeah, that was cool. I was like, yeah, maybe I'm just like a little, yeah, it's like corny and stupid, but maybe I'm just a little too. And then the rest of the movie keeps yeah. happening. And you're like, oh, no, I was exactly right about this movie. Yeah. Um, this. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to like in this movie, but. Um, boy, do I, I, I hate the ending and I hate what they did with the story. You read the comics. I did. I didn't read the comics. Um, watching this, knowing your, your problems with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that isn't to say, well, so I, I, this is for me, this is a very fun movie to watch. High. This is a very well constructed movie. It's beautiful. Every second of it. It's so like 
it's very uh tight the editing yeah, uh, Ed, very edgar, efficient yeah edgar wright uh i think fucking it, rules with pacing yes i think it might be one of his best films in terms of that stuff in terms of the visuals mm-hmm. uh the acting is good uh it's, cer- it's certainly you- it's certainly his most unique i think Yes. Even before you brought it up, the ending annoyed me. And watching it again this time, the ending, yes. It's a bad ending. It's terrible. Because every, not just in terms of the story, but um, everything they do in the movie kind of sets up. I assume in the comic books, uh, he ends up with knives. No. No. Okay. In, all right. I have another theory then. In the comic book, he ends up with neither. No. he Weird. He ends up with um ramona not not right away in my memory um but the ultimate point of the comic is he's an evil ex um yes, and, 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 he, they, and they he touch on that and he just doesn't realize it to the point like like gideon invites him to join the league um when he when he gets there for that confrontation and it's the the comic does a lot more work it does a lot more stuff with like unreliable narrator where scott incorrectly remembers his past relationships right and then like when he fights nega scott which happens earlier in the comics um he actually does gain the power of understanding like they just sort of say he does in this movie yeah, it's a um, great gag. The Nega Scott thing is a hilarious it's a, gag. It's a funny ass gag, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but like when he, he when he actually has to face himself, he does it earlier in the in the in the comic. And right. when he beats himself, he like kind of the, the the veil drops on on the on his unreliable narration and you actually see what happened with his right, past relationships and he's a bad guy. That's the thing about this character, and it's evident in this movie. And they do they try to make it a thing where he like, oh, I cheated on you. They, I'm a it's it's extreme uh, lip service, yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem is Scott. He's not he, he's not like a monster, no. but he's an asshole. He's an asshole, yeah. And he's the the difference. Yeah, they pay it so much lip service in the movie, and, and it's like you well, guess, oh, you're almost there. All right, yeah, sorry, you go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say. Here's the thing: is I think. I, I don't want to speak for you, but in my youth, like I remember going through a bad breakup and becoming an asshole for a little while. There, like oh, yeah. that's a thing that happens. Uh, oh yeah, no, there was so, a there, there was a period in my twenties where I did a lot of the exact same things that Scott does in this movie. Right, and so it's not an unrelatable character, but they kind of have to do the work mm-hmm. at the end, and they don't do the work he doesn't learn anything like the movie says he learned about love and he learned about self-respect but he doesn't learn any of those things the movie narratively it sets up the idea that he's gonna uh go back with knives and knives is gonna like reject him or something Mm -hmm. uh because her arc is interesting more interesting baffling (laughs) well i i like the idea of this person uh gaining her own self-esteem and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it is it is kind of all over the place that well, actress by the way she's killing it oh yeah ellen, no, ellen wong she might be the best like knives is the hardest role i think in this movie i think so she's, yeah she's doing the most work mm-hmm. and she's really good yeah yeah because uh, she's playing a cartoon character yeah it's just the completion of her arc is deeply unsatisfying well, and kind it's of the, yeah it's the 
it's the weird they do the thing that movies do where there's a love triangle and they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings mm-hmm. so one of them's like it's okay right and it's like well a- after, that doesn't make any sense after she literally fights his battle yeah. for him yeah her i like her arc up into that point and then like uh, that's 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 yeah that's my old that's my ultimate beef with this movie is I enjoy this movie right up until act three and the end of this movie is horseshit. Well, it's, like, it's really bad narratively. Yeah. And it says a lot of bad things about the characters and honestly, the filmmaker behind it because Edgar Wright has a problem with female characters and they generally wind up being trophies and they also tend to be shrewish. Yes. Yeah, and that, that is definitely yeah, across the board. This movie yeah. probably has the most female characters uh, yeah. of any Edgar Wright. Yeah, no, that's and that's this accurate. probably has the best the best representation, I would say, but it's still not great. I mean, everybody's kind of a dickhead in this. Uh, mm-hmm. That's part of it. Yeah, it's just but it's done it's, with such. There's so many charismatic actors in this that it's yeah that are doing great bits. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really disappointing that this, like Edgar Wright saw, was able to see, and a, a little bit in his defense, I'll preface this, uh, they started making this movie before the comic was finished. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit of a Game of Thrones situation where he had to kind of fill in some blanks with just the writer telling him, you know, oh, this is kind of where it's going. Um, but like the way that... It's it, it's it's a bummer that Edgar Wright was able to look at this this comic and identify so many of the things that made it cool and unique and appealing. But the thing he missed is the fucking soul of the story. I have a question for you about yeah where this movie belongs in the sense of when I started watching it, um, it it was sort of occurring to me that this is kind of. I assume the the attempt of this film is it's it's like an Empire Records or a Clueless. Uh, I think it's, so. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a modern one, but it's yeah. it's a fun uh, aimed at teenagers. Like, look how cool these adults are. Or young comedy. young twenties. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think it's aimed at teenagers to look at people in their twenties and be mm-hmm. like, look how cool they are. Like I Empire Records, I watched more as a teenager than I did in my twenties. But how does it compare to those? Do you think those movies also stick? Like, do they stick the landing? Do they have enough of a soul? I um, think I think Clueless does. I do too. Um, Empire Records. I have I've only seen once or twice. It did that one. What that wasn't a, a movie for me. Like Clueless was a big movie for me. Oh, uh, it's got Guar in it. Um, I know. Days, I know. Yeah. Um, I guess my que- I guess my question is like those films. They're not as pretty as this one. No, uh, and they're not. They don't have like the, the 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 just the fantastic elements and like the action yes. and the and the the this movie is. A but it lo- still a lot feels like things. it's in that the same realm as those movies. Yeah, yeah. Like it's essentially teen hanging out, uh, a movie. Yeah, there's more at stake, but not really. You know, not, not really, uh, and that's. What's one of the things that was so appealing to me about the comic is that it took all of these elements like comics and video games and anime and uh, right. and, and comedy uh, and it told a story about a 
guy coming to terms with all of the shitty things he's done right to people to the people around him um and i think the comic uh, i haven't read it in a while but the comic really nails it like it's very good mm-hmm. um and that that aspect of like you know it looks cool and i like the idea of it you know the the seven evil exes that's a fun as hell idea and he has to fight them in video game style battles that's all yeah. great um but like the part that's made the story stick with me was the story part, you know, like the, like the actual narrative part of it about like, okay, yeah, it is all these things, but it's also just a pretty simple story about a guy growing up essentially being like, okay, it's time for me to knock all this stuff up and really be honest with myself and the people around me about kind of all the fucking up I've done for the past right. couple of years. And that, that, part, was... that part of the movie just falls so flat to me that was what i was getting at is i i don't know if it's because of nostalgia for movies like clueless or empire records mm-hmm. but i feel less compelled to rewatch scott pilgrim and i think it's because it doesn't have as much humanity yes a hundred percent it has a lot of comedy yeah but it doesn't have moments of humanity so much in it um yeah and it, it, it everybody's might... kind of a Everybody's kind of a uh, not a human, of course. Yeah, no. I mean, this this it doesn't take place in the real world. No, um, but and it's so that so that may seem like an odd criticism to level at this film that it doesn't really have any humanity. But I'm gonna keep beating this drum. The comic really does. <laughs> um, right. So See, it's I like, don't know. This story can be done with all of those cool fantastical elements and also the really human story like it it right. can happen because this guy Brian Lee O'Malley he he fucking did it like he did it with his comic yeah <clears throat> huh yeah that's interesting i mean yeah i i'm trying to think of this like it has all the beats of a movie but i don't feel much uh when like she gets back with Jason Schwartzman uh because i don't like Scott Pilgrim right. really either we don't like Scott Pilgrim. We don't know anything about Gideon up until this point. Yeah. I don't feel like we're supposed to like Scott Pilgrim either, though. No, but... Like, I don't think the movie wants us to like him. No. But there's... There's... um, It's... it's His arc... Like you said, his arc is very confusing in the movie because it doesn't seem like he hits a point where he's like, I'm an asshole. And, like, has to really... Like, that should have been... I think what it is is, like, that should have that should be the thing that drives the third act as opposed yes. to Gideon. As opposed to fighting Gideon, yeah. And and teaming up with knives to to dance dance revolution fight Gideon, yeah. which is just It's like that is the most like the the climax of this film is actually repellent to me. Like it really so that, none of it that's really in the comic. turns me off. Oh yeah, no, none of that's in the comic. Because it does yeah, I think this is what it is, is that it does the natural progression of the film it never shocked me that he's fighting him uh except for, well aside from the fact of realizing that someone taught jason schwartzman and michael Sarah to fight mm-hmm. because they have to do the fighting in some of those scenes a I little like, bit a, yeah a little bit what a hilarious practical joke on the world yeah, yeah. to teach them a couple what, of fight what moves. a thing to unleash on us yeah uh but it, it fits with the natural progression of the movie uh which maybe that's not what should happen to make it stand out like edgar wright is kind of known for not doing that Shaun of the dead suddenly the government shows up mm-hmm. at the end 
uh, uh, World's End, they're just bitching at the aliens at the end. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, they, they he loves to actually subvert that, and it was like, oh, okay, and then they fight, and and maybe it sounds like that's not how the comic book ends, and yeah, maybe the movie needed to take a sharp turn right there and then. I think the movie just needed to do the work. <laughs> they do the I'm I'm that the, I think the issue is that um they try to where he's like I'm fighting you for her and then he gets the one up and then he's like I'm fighting you for me and it's like but you wouldn't be fighting him for you. Right, you wouldn't be fighting him for you and then like he doesn't you he doesn't even because the knives jumps in and then they all fight him and it's like what what are you talking about? Like, right and like his reconciliation is just to kind of briefly say i'm sorry uh to kim and knives and ramona and that's kind of it yeah they have to really shoehorn that yeah part that of. is as much introspection as he gains and that's a problem <laughs> because they've spent a sizable chunk of the movie setting up this love triangle uh ed scott being clearly the asshole yeah it. he's just yeah he he kind of sucks that's the more concerning thing. The movie, the movie definitely has issues with, um, like the movie has ADD, and maybe it's because it's too much to fit in. But they do the knives Ramona thing, and then the evil X's thing has to happen, and then it it's sort of like they have to fit in the X fights, mm-hmm. and some of them feel um, when it's um, what's her name from it's from Arrested Development, uh, May Whitman. Uh, May, oh, okay. Um, that one feels really weird because it's like they're at a bar, they're talking, then she has to fight, and then that ends, and then they keep talking. Yeah, and so it felt like oh, they didn't quite know how to fit that in. Uh, it it it's so much, it's so much to fit into a movie. Yes, that it it feels like there was this this shouldn't be a mini series, should it? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay, do you think they just needed to kind of work on the um, ending? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was my opinion. Like, it really starts to lose me with the fight with the twins at the Battle of the Bands. Oh, I love that scene. I mean, it's pretty cool, but like, it's again, it's so much visual. There's so many visuals. It's uh... yeah, yeah. It looks really cool. Um, so yeah, I guess that part's fine. It's just, I don't know. It's hard to keep. It's it's kind of hard to keep that ball in the air. And it's like the twins have no personality. <laughs> That is that's the again that where it feels like they couldn't fit them all. Exactly, yeah. Like we got such fun characters out of the others like Matthew Patel and Lucas Lee and Todd and uh Mae Whitman uh and yeah. Gideon. Like they're all these they're all these enormous characters, right? Yeah. Like they're so they're just all, all, it, they're just it's 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 a chance for these different actors that they got to really have a lot of fun being as as big as possible is chris evans his movie that they show Mm -hmm. is the world frozen over in that movie i think probably (laughs) so he's it's snowpiercer is he in snowpiercer maybe yeah yeah he's killing it in this he's doing a voice yeah he's great yeah uh it's it's pre it's pre captain america this is this is 2010 if i remember correctly yeah so he's not like he's not like big big shit over there He's like, yeah, I did Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Look at me now. I mean, that um, is that is one of his lines in the movie. Yeah. We got post-Superman in there, though. We did, yeah. Uh, Brandon uh, Ralph. Yeah. Doing a great job. 
All the exes are doing good. I mean, everybody's, I feel like they're all having fun because they know they just have to be silly as shit. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the best part of the movie. I would argue the best part of the movie is Thomas Jane and Clifton Collins Jr. as the vegan police. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously. That's one of that I never remember they're in this movie, and it surprises <laughs> me fair, every dude. time. And then when just the, like holy shit, when they and leave, they're not even. They're, it's like the there's the scene's not even focused on them when they're leaving, but you see them both kind of hop over the wall and give each other a high five and shout, "Yeah, yeah! it's the and fucking like, best." <laughs> of all the people to play the vegan police, right. yeah, would right. not in in. Like, not imagine either of them. No, which is why it's so great. <laughs> it's such a fucking choice. Yeah. It's it's one of the most incredible cameos of all time is, is to- Tom best, Jane yeah. and Clifton Collins Jr. as the vegan police. That's the thing. This movie is such a strong cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't talked about Kieran Culkin. Like, he's... He's awesome. He's, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's 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 basically doing his character in succession. Uh, he's he's so he like he grooves so well with Edgar Wright mm-hmm. comedy timing. Yeah, um, that's the thing about this movie is like most Edgar Wrights, like it's hard to describe what makes me laugh because it's so quick and visual. Mm-hmm. Like him coming in and and being drunk and slapping the keys at Scott's face. Yeah, it just kills me every fucking time. Yeah, it's great. It's a great line. And that's that's verbatim from the comics. Oh, is it? Yeah, he comes in and he says, guess who's drunk? I guess Wallace. Not... You guess right. And he bounces the keys off. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. The timing of that, because the keys smack him and then he oh, smacks the Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Edgar Wright takes it. Like, this movie, like, we, I think we mentioned earlier, it's, it's, he's a, he's great at pacing. And this movie is, like, him really, really firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, even though the movie's almost two hours, it moves so fast and it just fucking pummels you with gags. Yep. And nostalgia. When is this supposed to take place, by the way? Because hmm. the computer that he uses is a 90s computer. Yeah, but Wallace has like a flip phone, like a flip cell phone. Right, which is also uh, kind of like, so it's probably early 2000s? Early to mid, I, th- I would put it in mid 2000s. I would put a little, hmm. it's interesting because this movie, the age group is directly appealing to us. Yes. Like they're the ages that we are. I think I remember when, when this movie came out, the oldest person, I think this is correct. When this movie came out, the oldest person was Schwartzman and he was 29. Right. And I think that might've even included Edgar Wright, but I'm not positive. That's actually, that's probably, that's probably wrong. Oh, I I mean, even just the characters ages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly the cast, I think the oldest person was Schwartzman and every, everybody was under 30. Yeah. I think that might be part of the love of this movie. Um, one, it's, it's really great visually. Mm -hmm. Uh, two, it, it really appeals to like, cause this didn't come out when I was that age. This came out, what? 2000, 2010. 10 yeah wow that's even later than i thought Mm -hmm. and so it feels like it takes place a decade in the past Mm -hmm. so it it really like gave me nostalgia of like my 20s dirtbag 20s you know oh yeah yeah this is a dirtbag 20s movie for sure scott living at the guy at kieran culkin's house and like that 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 apartment itself like just the visuals of that apartment i was like jesus Mm mm-hmm 
And they had a mattress, very familiar. mattress on the floor. Yeah, going to shows and like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. There was, it's heavy, heavy nostalgia. And so, I, I don't know. It's interesting movie because it isn't really a period piece, but it kind of is too. Like when him and Knives go out on their like little day dates. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I haven't been a 20 year old in a while, but that was exactly the kind of dates I would go on. You go to, you go to um, the arcade or you go to the mall or you go you to, go to the um, record the store, thrift, you go to the yeah, thrift, store, thrift shop, you go to the coffee look shop. At clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just like, you don't even like buy things. No, because you don't have it's, any money. <laughs> right. You could buy a couple things if you like, if you, you know, you're going to all used places like, yeah, you, I, uh, yeah. like thrift shops and stuff. But like, yeah, they really nailed that down. Like the, and I assume that's all from the comic books. Like this person who made the comic books clearly lived at the ex- was the exact same age I was in the exact time, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, neat. I guess. Yeah. Like we don't get. Do we get period piece movies? Like I always think of Dazed and Confused because that was made what in the late nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, early nineties. That was like ninety. Early 90s. That was like ninety three. And that's like heavy nostalgia for the 70s. Yes. Uh, I remember like my parents seeing that film and being like, oh, geez. Yeah, I, I remember all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so like, I don't know. It's interesting to be old and watch this movie that wasn't made during that time. Seemingly try to capture nostalgia for that time, which was only 10 years earlier, apparently. Yeah, not even like a full 10 years. Yeah. Like this, weird. This is like between this feels like between 2002 and like 2005 yeah something like that around there i know it's fucking weird yeah Uh, it's 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 interesting it's interesting yeah so i feel like you're probably in the minority not liking this movie maybe not maybe not i don't know i feel like i i'm pretty much the only i remember i went to see this with a friend um and walking out of the theater like um i I said to him i was like i i didn't really like it and he was very surprised um and yeah like that's kind of like the experience i've had like with um people in my friend group and then like people from cracked and stuff i feel like most people in my orbit like this movie and i'm not like I'm not like a curmudgeon about it. I'm just like, when it comes up, I'm like, yeah, I think that movie uh, has a really shitty ending and therefore a really shitty message for its target uh, audience. But sure. That it, is important. It looks it looks great. And my God, he, Edgar Wright is just a, a fucking a master at what he does in terms of speed and pacing and, and just comedic timing. Yeah. It's really hard because things like art, um you know the i guess it's different with this with the comic book and everything considering the comic book had a different message because i don't i always, i don't always think a good movie has to have a good message no um it can just be know. it can just be cool to look at but this one because it is about such a very specific thing um yeah i think that's the thing is i'm not sure if if this is like a clueless or an mm-hmm. empire records uh-huh. and you're wa- and teenagers are watching it and they're thinking about who they want to be, you know? Yeah. No one wants to be Scott Pilgrim. No. And I don't know what I don't know what message they would get out of it. I I I don't It's hard to think of it from that perspective. I think the haunting realization that you are Scott Pilgrim is that's that was that was my experience with it. 
I thought that was the idea. Yeah. yeah, like it would. It just clicked at one point. It's like, oh fuck, I did most of this shit. Yeah. Like. Yeah, he's he's got that real like passive aggressive scumbag thing where, again, like he knows, like when his sister um uh uh calls him and he's like clearly like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, it's that where it's like, look, I'm I'm in a spiral right now. Yeah. He's like, it's Scott. Oh, what's he done now? No, I mean, it's actually Scott. What have you done yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. And so, again, I, I get it. I get that being in that place where you're like kind of a fuck up uh, and, and kind of a scumbag. But yeah, it's... I haven't watched High Fidelity in a while. Is that, that him that, being kind of a scumbag? That I recently did a retrospective of it for Collider um, because that was in the front of my mind. I was like, boy, I loved this movie when it came out in 2000, but I feel like it is not great right now. And it's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's definitely... Like, it's definitely he's a fucking monster in that movie is and is that the idea i mm. well all right is the idea that he's supposed to be kind of an asshole yes and he's but they they don't realize to what extent he is one they they actually do in high fidelity at least more than you would you would expect it's that one has more of it starts out with him just in an incandescent rage and as the movie progresses like he starts to see more and more clearly uh the things in his life that are his fault and like the like him revisiting old relationships has that element of like from the scott pilgrim comic where it's like you know he faces nega scott and then he starts to get the actual version of the memories uh of, of each relationship and john cusack does that too in high fidelity except when he starts out he's kind of shitty about it it's like oh that's great i didn't like he has one girlfriend that he remembers getting dumped by, but actually he dumped her because he was trying to pressure her into having sex and she wasn't ready. And so when he receives that information, because it's like the first ex-girlfriend he revisits, he's like, oh, that's great. I don't need to feel bad about this. I didn't, I wasn't the one who got dumped. Cause like he's in a spiral, <laughs> he's in a spiral wondering why he's the one that always gets dumped. And it's like, well, no, oh, you're, Jesus. you're not remembering it correctly. <laughs> right. Um, and then as the movie progresses, he starts to, you know, become more of a human being. And then at, by the end, by the end of the movie, he does like the, it, both he, the character, because he's speaking directly to camera in high fidelity. And then like the movie around him, like the characters around him, they do address the fact that he is the problem. Right. And he's the one that has to change. Cause this movie, yeah. The more I think about it, the less work it does. Like for example, one of the running things in this movie is Scott has to get his own place. He's a mooch. He never does that, does he? <laughs> no, instead, he just goes off with Ramona, Yeah, uh, and we can expect him to be mooching off of her instead. Right, yeah. And yes, that is, I guess, the realistic version, uh, but it's for a movie, it's weird to introduce that and not follow it through. Right, and not end on it with him, like, getting, or a, him get, getting a job, at least, or something, because he doesn't do it anything yeah he's not doing anything yeah which is fine i mean whatever sure uh, yeah i mean but they but they're planting the seeds of it like on when one of the first scenes we see him in is when he's on his day dates with knives and he's making knives pay for everything because he doesn't right, have exactly. any money <laughs> exactly and that never gets resolved no his general attitude never gets resolved no that's what's interesting about it it's it's they introduce a character with like a lot of 
flaws, uh, and a lot of like big flaws, deep flaws, mm-hmm. and then they solve the surface level problem in his life, uh, and then he kind of continues on mm-hmm. as if those flaws aren't a problem. So that is like I'm thinking of the movie Clueless now because Clueless also has a similar arc where Alicia Silverstone realizes that she's also that she's clueless, and yeah. then she, you know, just to, to to win to to get save the day, she has to go fuck her brother or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a little bit. No, no, that's the moral um, of the movie. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, stepbrother, but still, mm-hmm. it's Paul Red. It's Paul. Um, it's Paul Red. <laughs> But, like, she has a moment where she's like, oh, shit. Uh, and you don't realize that's sort of what the movie's about because you th- you're you happy to just sort of make fun of her as this, like, a, a, as a teenage. Yeah, but you're uh, never. As teenagers, it's fun. You, you don't, you don't, she's not a bad person no, ever. No, no. You never, you never <laughs> dislike her, but you recognize it's like, she's kind of, she's kind of self-absorbed. Like, she's not really thinking about other people that much. Right. And movies can do this where they don't have to have an arc like I think of Randall and Clerks never really having an arc. No. Uh, but he's not the main character either. No. Dante Dante is a pretty good example of a Scott Pilgrim type, actually. Yes, he is. Yeah, also actually. in a love triangle, he's a whiny little asshole the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Randall's the one who has to kind of knock some sense into him, sort of. Uh, unlike Unlike Scott Pilgrim, everything just goes completely just everything just goes it blows up in his face everything blows up in unexpected ways yeah in necrophilia type ways right but even when you strip away the kevin smithness of it it still blows up with dante doesn't end up with either woman exactly like he doesn't (laughs) yeah it doesn't feel like he it does feel like he's that's what it is is like or like Dumb and Dumber is a good example too at the end of Dumb and Dumber Jim Carrey like threatened to walk out of the film because the original ending to Dumb and Dumber was that they do go on the bus with the like the swimsuit oh, models. Oh no! Yeah, no, they can't. Yeah, and he was like, "No." They're like, "But we have to give them a happy ending," and he's like, "Fuck no!" No, this is they- their happy ending. <laughs> and that's it's sort of the same that needed with Scott Pilgrim is he shouldn't have gotten back with Ramona or Knives. He if if he doesn't do the arc needed. He needs to just kind of keep going, right? Yeah. And that needs to be evident in it. He just needs to mosey on out of town. Yeah, and like Dante is a good example because he does learn a bit. He does. But he yeah. still has he still has like to deal with the the consequences. Exactly. Him him learning his lesson doesn't mean he gets uh the girl, no, you know? No. Exactly. Yeah. It's like good job you learned your lesson. Uh your reward is that. That's your reward. Yeah, your, is your reward is that you learned something. And that's the thing. You, is You Scott grew Pilgrim, as a person. <laughs> yeah, and Scott Pilgrim is not a self-aware character at the beginning, and he, I would argue he doesn't really end that way. Uh, and it's sort of because of they rush it. Like, the again, the, the Nega Scott that we started on, funny gag, but I get what you're saying, where it's like, yeah, he really does have to face himself. He does, yeah. And he It can't just be a throwaway gag where he's like, yeah, he's pretty cool. It's like, no, you shouldn't like him. Yeah, you should really not like him. Um, that, but that is, it is a fun gag, but it's like, and yeah, we touched on it when it's like, he tells Gideon, he's like, no, I'm fighting you for me. And then it's like, Scott gained self-respect. It's like, no, if he had actually gained self-respect, he wouldn't fight Gideon. 
Yeah. Because so Gideon's, all... Gideon's just goading him, like, not even that intensely. He's just being like, yeah, hey, I got your girlfriend. And it's like, if you really had self-respect, you'd be like, fine, why are you calling me, you weird asshole? Like, right. the fuck is your problem? Story-wise, it's all very superficial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very surface level, very lip service. And I guess the question is, which way should have they gone with it? Because I think the, the thing that's bothering you... Uh, that does bother me as well is it feels like they were skating between the two. Mm-hmm. Like they could have made a simpler story uh, about a battle right, of the yeah, bands just, and uh, a romance battle of the bands, and he fighting has the to, exes. Yeah. And just make Scott not a, a guy who needs to really grow. Just have him be you, the hero. Yeah. You cut, you, you would cut knives out. Yeah. Which is, which is a shame because again, I really like that performance. Um, or you do the work. Or you do the work, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to do the work, you can't have knives. You can't have uh, Scott be this scumbag, basically. This this guy who's not... Like, they, they, ah, they, they pay so much lip service to it. Like, when Ramona a couple of times tells Scott, you're the nicest guy I've dated. And at first, he's like, is that a good thing? Um, and then when she tells it to him again, he says, oh, that's really sad. Um but we haven't really seen him learn that 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 why that's sad. So we put it on Edgar Wright, but is it possible that this is like a producer or the studio? Maybe. Um, I don't think I don't believe he. Oh wait, he did. He does have a co-writing credit on the script. Yeah, because it does or like a studio note. Because I don't know everything we're talking about. He builds he builds this really strong foundation for a different ending. Yes. And then he has this ending. And like, I think most people listening probably like the movie and might still agree with you that it's not a great ending. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to like about this movie. Yeah. And what it feels like is that, like we were just discussing it, is you either in order to get the studio ending, you have to cut out like knives. You have to go back and redo the entire first part of the movie. Yes. In order to get the good ending, you don't have to do any of that. You just have to change the ending. So that's why it feels to me like it's a studio note. Mm-hmm. Like there was a version written and then the ending was adjusted. And that, of course, ripples throughout the whole movie. But they can't rewrite the entire script. No. So they just changed the ending. And that's, I don't know, that's that's a bummer if that's true. I'm not going to look it up. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> who, the, who the hell can say? Because it really does feel like a film that might have had a different ending at some point. I don't know. Yeah. I still really like it. I still really like watching it. I think it's because difference between me and you is I didn't read the comic book. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if I had never seen any of the Jurassic Parks and watched Jurassic World, I bet I'd find it fun. But since I know the context uh, of what could be, what could have been, mm-hmm it's more disappointing, right? So you know what Scott Pilgrim could have been. Yeah. And you're watching this kind of bummed out. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That makes, I get it. That makes I get sense. It. Who haven't we talked about? I um, don't know, man. I think we... Aubrey Plaza. Sure, yeah, she's She's, fine. she's doing a great job. Yeah, she's just funny. Um, They're all great. Um, Brie Larson is doing a great job. Oh, yeah, Brie Larson's killing it. Yeah. There's so many fucking people in this. Yeah. Good God. Oh, you know who else was killing it? Um, Little Neil. I don't even know who that is. Young Neil. That's, uh, Young Neil. that's Johnny Simmons. Okay. What do I know him from? Um, he's the boyfriend in Jennifer's Body. Oh, I thought he was... I thought that was... All right. My big 
thing this time around was the actress playing Knives and the actor playing uh, uh, Neil. Mm -hmm. They were both, um, again, because I think it's because they're playing such silly roles. They have to do a lot of work. And so, I don't know. I really liked them. Yeah. No, that's their, yeah, they're, they're, they're both great. Yeah. Everybody's killing it in this movie. Yeah. But everybody's sort of playing themselves, you know? I think so. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think to a degree. I mean, obviously, like, uh, the evil exes are doing these larger than life character, cartoon character versions of people. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman, I mean, he's played those types of roles. Yeah. What was that movie with him and Devin Sawa and my Devin? Our Devin, our sorry. <laughs> uh, ch- is it Cheaters or Slackers? Uh, is that does that have Devin Sawa in it? Hold on, I hold on, everybody. Think it. Everybody, hold on. Does what was Slack. that called? Slackers, I think, right? Or was it Cheaters? I I wrote Spackers. Uh, well, it's slack, not either of slack, those. Slackers, two thousand two. Devin Sawa. Yep. Uh, and and uh, Jason Siegel was apparently in it. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch this movie again. Jason Schwartzman's in there. Yeah, he's like the nerd. I think that they're. He's the villain. Aha. Nat Faxon is in it. Jim Rash is in it. Holy shit! God damn. All right. <clears throat> yeah, if you remember, the only thing I remember is Jason Schwartzman's character, because he's like nerdy villain, but he turns out to be like a serious threat. <laughs> like a maniac, like a really dark character from what Perfect. I remember. Like he creates a hair, uh, like a doll, doll of hair of the romantic interest and is like clearly like serial killer ra- waiting to happen. It's really fucking weird. Perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. My point is that he, he can play these. He can play these roles. I don't remember what my point is. I guess I want to watch Slackers with Devin Sawa where they play Slackers. We, I mean, we can do that. That's a, this is a power that we have. Yeah, we have that power. Um, all right. Any any more th- thoughts about uh, Scott Pilgrim? Um, I thought I had more notes. Hold on. Not for me. Mm. One final one final thought. Okay. They had to put a Michael Sarah wig on a stunt man. That's it. Many That's the thought. Many times. <laughs> yeah, that just that just delights me. Oh yeah. The fight choreography stuff delights me to no end. Get getting Michael Sarah because I bet Michael Sarah learned a few moves probably and had to take it seriously, and that's funny as hell. Yes, that is delightful. Yeah, you know what we should watch? What should um, we watch? Magic, magic. I don't. That's what is that? Okay, hold on. That's I, I, I'm gonna, I gotta go back on IMDb. That's another Michael Sarah movie. I believe it's called that, and it looked like it looked like. Uh, the weirdest fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. Magic, magic. Okay, it's not coming up on IMDb. That there it is. Magic, magic. 2013. Michael Sarah. It's it's like he he's like I don't know what he is in it, but it looked really like sinister and weird. It was you know when Michael Sarah was doing that shit. He did that Crystal Fairy movie as well, and like the mustache one. Oh yeah, what was the name of the mustache one? Yeah, where he's doing. He was he was like playing Michael his evil Sarah, twin. He was uh he was trying to Elijah Wood it mm-hmm. uh with all that super bad money. And it, it I don't know if he I think he kinda whiffed it. Youth and Revolt, is that the mustache Youth one? Youth and Revolt, that's the mustache one. He was in Twin Peaks. He was in the Twin Peaks revival. I'm just looking at Michael Sarah's uh yeah, IMDb Why wouldn't he have been now. in the Twin Peaks revival? 
he kind of I could see that. I could see that working. You think he'll you think he'll you think we'll ever see him again? I mean he's still working, but Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what'll ever I don't uh, know what will happen to him. I don't know. Who can say? He's in a new comedy coming up called Captain Dad. Sure. I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to find out what that is. No, why, why would I want to know what that is? I just want it to live in my yeah. mind as whatever it is I decide Captain Dad is. Uh, he's still working. I always, I didn't, I think he's one of, is he one of those actors people kind of had a backlash to? Did he do anything? Because I always like him. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think he's one of those. Unless he's like a jerk, but like. I, I think he was one of those actors that people just kind of turned on a little because he kind of does the same thing. In all yeah. of his movies. But like, so does a lot of people. So do a lot of people. Yeah. No, I'm not saying, you know. Yeah. We just didn't like the thing as much anymore. Right. We were talking about McLovin. He's another one where it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to get older and this you'll have a, to figure that this out. This is a hard one to ride out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Michael Sarah's the same where it's like his bit is that he's like, 20 at the uh, like tw- 25 at at the oldest mm-hmm. and then once he gets past that like what is he gonna do play a dad no no that's weird get that the hell out of my face yeah. no he's gonna have he's gonna have a, two decades where he's really hanging in there and then he's gonna play like a uh, a shitty boss or like something i don't know i hope he figures it out yeah michael sarah i know you're listening well obviously yeah do a do a Scorsese. Just do a Scorsese film. Get your like way into like a Scorsese. Yeah, get Jonah Hill to get you into a Scorsese, and then it'll all yeah. be fine. Do a Moneyball. Yeah, do a Moneyball. Do ball. a Moneyball. Do a Moneyball. What are we talking about this for? Yeah. Um. Hey, thanks to Lef <laughs> <laughs> for suggesting this film. I knew it was going to be a, an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if you're if 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 you want to, you can go on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/GamefullyUnemployed. That's where you can produce episodes of We Just Watched. We also have exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac for only $5 a month. You can hear both of them. Uh, we watch movies with people every Friday night. There's all sorts of stuff on that Patreon. Indeed. So you, you can just go there. Yes. Just go there. Uh, we also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash Gamefully Unemployed, where you can get t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. Uh, so check that out, you guys. Check it out. Yes, so check and it the, so's. Check it the fuck out. Check it out, Michael. Yeah. Sarah. Do the things that we're telling you to do. We we command it. Yes. Yes. In the name of Satan. Yeah, always. I mean, that's what this is all. Uh, was that not clear? I think that was. That's where all clear. this money is going. Yeah. yeah it's going straight to Satan. Straight, we dig a hole. Yeah, straight to the devil. We yeah. just we throw it in a hole. Yep. And we say, here we, you go, we, devil. We throw some shit in there. And I don't know what he does with it. I don't. You know what? That's the. Uh, it's 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 need to know, and we don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 